The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Jack Duffy, and we're going to be talking to Jack, who is an expert on the JFK assassination, about his new book, The Man from 26, uh, 2063. And um, we're going to be talking to Jack about the conspiracy side of the, ass- the assassination of uh, President Kennedy. As you know, Exonation, this is one of the most talked about, internationally known, alleged conspiracies. Now, for more information on Jack, uh, there's a wonderful website, www.themanfrom2063.com is the website for Jack's book, The Man from 2063. And it's also available at tatepublishing.com forward slash bookstore. So, first of all, Jack has interviewed many eyewitnesses, including Marina Oswald, and several of the Parkland physicians who treated JFK, in addition to many researchers who have written books on JFK's assassination. Jack has received his BA in political science from Texas Tech University, his MBA from Baylor University, and his JD from South Texas College of Law. He lives in Haltomac City, Texas, where he works as an attorney and has one of the largest private collections of material 
on the JFK assassination. Joining me now is Jack Duffy. And Jack, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. It's nice to be on your show today. Super to have you with us, Jack. Uh, six, in 1963, November the 22nd, President JFK was assassinated in the streets of Dallas, Texas. There's many people who have many conspiracy theories. Uh, the Warren Commission didn't get very much accomplished, in my opinion. We had the assassination of Lee Harvey Oswald, and then Jack Ruby was arrested, and he passed away in prison. It seems that no matter what happens, there's never closure to this to this assassination, this conspiracy. Why do you think That's that correct. is? Um, I think the reason why the Kennedy assassination continues to fascinate millions of people around the world is because uh, we don't have all the answers mm-hmm. uh, after almost 50 years. Uh, there's massive amounts of evidence that has come out over the last five decades that proves without any doubt, in my opinion, that there was another shooter besides Oswald, and that's assuming Oswald's even a shooter to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have two or more shooters, you have a conspiracy. Um, I can go into the evidence here uh, to, to go further into what I'm talking about if you want me to at this point or if you want to ask me some more questions. Well, I, I think what we're going to do, Jack, is we're going to take a commercial break because I don't. once you start talking about the evidence of the conspiracy, I don't want to, have, I don't want to interrupt you unless I really have to, and we've got less than a minute to our commercial break. So what we'll do, Jack, is we'll take our break now, and you and I will return in two minutes. Jack Duffy's my very special guest of this hour, Exonation. We're talking about the assassination of JFK, but we're also talking about a brand new book by my guest this hour, The Man from 2063. The website where you can find out all the information you need to purchase this book is at www.themanfrom2063.com. Jack Duffy's my guest, and Jack and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Can you tell me where he's gone? He freed a lot of people, but it seems good they die young. You know, I just looked around and he's Gave it a great deal of thought, Grandpa. <laughs> and afterwards, here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. More details just arrived. These details about the same as previously. President Kennedy shot today just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy. She called, oh no, the motorcade sped on. United Press says that the wounds for President Kennedy perhaps could be fatal. Repeating a bulletin from CBS News, President Kennedy has been shot by a would-be assassin in Dallas, Texas. Stay tuned to CBS News for further details. Exonation, Jack Duffy's my very special guest. Uh, Jack is the author of a new book, and I'm going to tell you something. There, I know there are untold scores of 
of uh, JFK assassination conspiracy theorists out there, and this would be an ideal Christmas gift. The name of the book is The Man from 2063, or The Man from 26, uh, 2063, and the website is www.themanfrom2063.com. Jack, as, as far as you're concerned, and I know you've done an enormous amount of research into the Kennedy assassination, what about the medical side, about the medical doctors who treated or examined um, you know, Kennedy in Dallas, Texas, to where he was first taken? What do yeah. we know about that? Uh, I spoke with two of the doctors personally, Dr. Robert McClellan, who's still alive in Dallas today, mm-hmm. and Dr. Charles Crenshaw, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Uh, both of those doctors uh, told me that uh, they observed a large exit wound in the rear of President Kennedy's head in the operating room at Parkland Hospital that proved to them that the shot that killed him came from the front, not from the rear. Uh, all the other doctors in, in the operating room were interviewed over the years. Uh, unfortunately, most of them have died, uh, but they gave interviews many years ago on videotape, and I've seen all those interviews, and they all agreed with Dr. McClellan and Dr. Crenshaw that there was a huge exit wound in the back of the president's head. They also thought that the uh, bullet hole in President Kennedy's throat was an entrance wound, which means it also came from the front. Dr. Malcolm Perry uh, said that to the media on the day of the assassination. He did the tracheotomy on President Kennedy's throat, and he said that uh, from the very beginning and and never changed his story much. He's deceased now, unfortunately, but he also uh, believed that there was a frontal shot uh, into the throat. So uh, the evidence uh, from these doctors is pretty powerful. Uh, They also uh, looked at the autopsy photos, and I've seen the autopsy photos, the ones that uh, were actually taken of the president's body. And the autopsy photos back them up and show a huge exit wound in the back of the president's head. So when you put all that together, <clears throat> it's pretty difficult to say that the shot didn't come from the front. Uh, that's number one. So also the impact of the president's head uh, mm-hmm. when the bullet hit him in the head, as you as you see it on the Zapruder film, his head goes back into the left in a violent motion, which is consistent with a shot coming from the right front, not from the rear. Also, uh, a, a portion of the president's skull went on the trunk of the car, along with parts of his brain and blood. That wouldn't have happened if the bullet had come from the rear. That's just physics, you know. Bullets sure. travel in, in certain directions, and they go. The, the brain matter is going to fly in the direction the bullet's flying. Officer Bobby Hargis, who's still alive in Dallas, uh, was riding to the left. He was a motorcycle policeman. He was, he was riding to the left and rear of the limousine. He was splattered by uh, the president's brain and blood matter from the impact of the fatal shot to the head. Uh, he would not have been hit with that if, if the shot had come from Oswald from the rear. Why is there why is there a conspiracy? You know why why don't we know the truth some fifty years later? Well, uh, probably because whoever did it or was involved in the execution of the, of the conspiracy is it was high up in the government in my mm-hmm. opinion, or was connected to people high up in the government. And this was a political murder done for political reasons. And once they had Oswald in the grave where he couldn't defend himself anymore, it was easy just to pin the blame on him and call him a lone nut communist and forget about it. Uh, I think the truth, unfortunately, got buried because uh, the people who did it you know, had so much to lose if the truth did come out. And uh, we might have been in a war with Russia or Cuba at the time if, if the truth had come out that the CIA or somebody connected with the CIA along with the underworld had killed Kennedy. So that's just my speculation on why the truth's been covered up. Now, I also know that you've interviewed many of the witnesses that actually saw the assassination. And I was wondering if yes. we could talk if, about the what the witnesses told you. Yes. Well, Jean Hill was one of the key witnesses. Unfortunately, she's dead now, but mm-hmm. uh, she's the lady in the red raincoat that you see in the Zapruder film. She was uh, looking right at the grassy you knoll when the president was hitting the head. She told me that there's no doubt about the fact that the shot came from behind the fence on the grassy you knoll. She saw the flash of the gun go off, heard the shot, saw the gun smoke come off the knoll, 
she ran up there and was uh, put in a chokehold by a man who was dressed in a suit and tie who said he was with the FBI or Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Newman, who I spoke with just the other day, he and his wife were the closest eyewitnesses to the assassination. They were 10 feet from the limousine when the president was hit in the head. And Mr. Newman over the years has uh, told me he believes that the shot could have come from the grass. You know, he didn't want to commit conclusively, but he said he couldn't rule it out. That he, you know, he, it could have come from the deposito or the knoll, but he didn't rule out the, the grassy knoll either. Um, Sam Holland, who I didn't get to interview, he's deceased. Uh, he was on the railroad overpass. He saw the shot, heard the shot go off the knoll, and ran behind there and saw muddy footprints uh, behind the fence where the shot had been fired. So there wasn't there was somebody standing there because uh, it had rained that morning and there was mud all in the back of behind the fence and he saw where the footprints were where the man had been standing there. Uh, Abraham Zabruder, who took the famous film of the mm-hmm. assassination, uh, told investigators that the shot had come from the grass, you know, the one that hit the president in the head. Uh, Beverly Oliver, another witness, said the same thing. Uh, Gordon Arnold, who was a Korean War veteran who was standing on the grass, you know, uh, said the shot came right from behind him from, from behind the fence. So there were numerous, uh, over 50 eyewitnesses who said that the fatal shot came from the grassy you knoll, not from the school book depository. What is your opinion? Now, now, Jack, what I love about talking to you is you're a lawyer. You, you, you're trained to ask questions. And I, I'm pretty sure that you know when somebody's giving you a bunch of bunk compared to when they're really telling the truth. So I'm sure that this works in your favor. But what about the Warren Commission? You know, here you've got allegedly people who are looking to find an answer, and they come up with one of the dumbest speculations that I've ever heard. Well, uh, I don't want to sit here and, you know, uh, just demean the Warren Commission, but I think they covered this up Mm -hmm. for whatever reason at the time in 1964. uh, Earl Warren told people that the truth on the assassination wouldn't come out in their lifetime. I mean, you know, he made that comment. Yeah. Uh, Gerald Ford, who was the last surviving member of former President Ford, uh, of course, defended the Warren Commission's conclusions throughout his lifetime. Uh, I don't know if he just if he really believed that or if he was just doing that to you know, cover himself. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I do know that the Warren Commission uh, saw the aut- or at least Earl Warren saw the autopsy pictures. I don't know if the rest of the commission did. They also saw the Zapruder film, so they they knew what the film showed. And I have a feeling that they knew the truth, but they couldn't tell the American people for whatever reason back in 1964. I mean, that's just speculation on my part. Speaking about speculation, I've spoken to people who believe that President Kennedy was or still is alive, that he survived the assassination attempt, and that he was actually um, put into a vegetable state because of the assassination. Well, you, if you see the autopsy pictures and you talk to the doctors, you know good yeah. the president didn't survive. Uh, there's no way in the world anyone could have survived that kind of damage, uh, brain damage, and it, it was horrible the way his head was shot off. So that's just completely ridiculous to make those. Uh, yeah. I've heard that story before. So, um, what about anyway. the story? What about the story, Jack? That people out there are t- saying that it was the U.S. Uh, Secret Service officer who was sitting in the front seat who actually turned around and fired upon President Kennedy. Yeah, that, that, that's been proven to be a falsehood. Uh, the film, the Zabruder film, sort of makes you think that when you look at it, mm-hmm. but when you slow down and look at each frame, the driver of the car, Mr. Greer, uh, certainly didn't have a gun in his hand, and, and so there's no way that he shot President Kennedy. That's been, that's been pretty well uh, uh, tossed out. Single bullet theory. Your opinion? That's the famous theory that Arlen Specter uh, came up with. Yeah. He, uh, of course, is a senator that died recently. 
Uh, he came up with this theory that one bullet was fired from Oswald's rifle that went through President Kennedy's uh, body, went into his back, upper neck, and came out his throat, and then went on and hit Governor Connolly and did all the mm-hmm. damage to Governor Connolly. And that was the only way they could have a single assassin because there were three shots that were supposedly fired, and they had to account for all three bullets. One bullet missed the car completely and hit James Tagg, or a piece of the concrete flew up and hit James Tagg, who I've met. He's another eyewitness. Uh, so they had a problem. They had to make all the other wounds fit the two bullets. Of course, one bullet hit President Kennedy in the head, so everything else had to be caused by one more bullet. So that was their dilemma here, uh, and that's why they came up with that theory. Uh, a lot of people think it's scientifically valid. I just don't believe it uh, for a lot of reasons. Number mm-hmm. one, the bullet that went through Connolly, the doctors that did the surgery on Governor Connolly uh, both said that, in their opinion, it was impossible for one bullet to have gone through Kennedy and also done all the damage to Connolly. Uh, they said that uh, the trajectory of the bullet didn't line up correctly uh, for that to happen. In addition, the bullet itself, the magic bullet that everybody calls it because it looks magic, uh, it went through Conley's wrist and also part of his rib. Uh, the wrist is the, one of the densest bones in the body, and uh, when they've done tests uh, on similar ammunition like Oswald's and they fired bullets into cadaver's wrist, right. every bullet that has ever come in, gone through a wrist has come out completely deformed like you would expect except somehow this bullet magically comes out looking perfectly pristine, which is ballistically impossible. Uh, also, uh, there are more fragments uh, in Governor Conley's wrist uh, to this day than were missing from that bullet, supposedly. So we've got some problems there. Uh, the, the shot that hit Kenny in the back uh, did not hit him in the upper neck because we have the uh, pictures from the autopsy. We also have his body pictures of his back from the autopsy, and we also have the clothing uh, the jacket and the shirt, the bullet was much further down. It was like four to five inches below his neckline. So a bullet coming down on a downward trajectory hitting the president in the lower back could not possibly come out of his throat and go on to hit Conley. It's just a physical impossibility. Conley also said he never believed it. That's the, the most damning thing about this. Uh, Governor Conley disagreed with the theory, and he should know he was in the car he got hit. Exactly. He was an experienced hunter. He said there's no way that, that uh, one bullet hit both of them. He uh, said that to the day he died. Just one quick question before we take our news break at the bottom of the hour, Jack. In your opinion, is there a connection between the assassination of President John F. Kennedy and the assassination of Senator Bobby Kennedy? Well, I, I don't want to say that you know that, that the same people killed both mm-hmm. of them. I mean, there's theories that, that that's what happened. Uh, uh, I, I, don't, I haven't studied Robert Kennedy's assassination yeah. as much as I have President Kennedy, but uh, I know Robert Kennedy did his own investigation behind closed doors into his brother's death, and uh, he had told some close friends that once he became president, he would find out the truth about what happened to President Kennedy. Uh, that's one of the theories about why he was killed, because the people that killed JFK uh, could not afford to have him come in and find out what they had done, and that therefore they had him killed as well. So that's just another theory. But. Jack, please stand by. It's a great pleasure talking to you, sir. Explanation, our guest this hour is Jack Duffy. He's the author of The Man from 2063. The website is www.themanfrom2063.com. And I'd like to send out a thank you to Charlie Barrett for helping make this interview happen. Charlie, you're a great guy. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, and my special guest of this hour, Jack Duffy. Don't go away.
At the airport in Dallas, uh, the, uh, and throughout the streets of Dallas, the Dallas police had been augmented by some 400 uh, policemen called in on their day off because there were some fears and concerns in Dallas uh, that, uh, that there might be demonstrations, at least, that could embarrass the president. Because it was only on October the 24th that our ambassador to the United Nations, Adley Stevenson, uh, was assaulted in Dallas, uh, leaving a dinner meeting there. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. Welcome back, everyone. That was a Walter Cronkite of CBS News breaking down as he read to the masses who were watching their TV that day after they after the learned the news that President Kennedy had been shot in his motorcade in Dallas, Texas, that indeed the president was dead. My guest this hour is Jack Duffy. Jack is the author of a fascinating book entitled The Man from 2063. And his website is www.themanfrom2063.com. First of all, Jack, again, thank you very much for joining us. I know that you're a very busy lawyer in Texas, and you took time out of your schedule just to join us. It is much appreciated, sir. Well, it's an honor to be on your show today. Um, I'd like to talk to you, if I can, and, you know, if you have any any reservations about answering any questions that I have, please let me know. I respect the privacy and, and the hard work and the diligence that you've taken into writing your book, The Man from 2063. But I'd like to talk to you about, and this is, if you would, the possible connection between the CIA and the assassination. Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, in my book, uh, the person who's behind the assassination is a rogue CIA agent who's based on some real people. Uh, there's a lot of evidence that points to CIA involvement in the murder of President Kennedy, and this has come out over the last five decades. A lot of this has come out in recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for starters, uh, there's new evidence now that uh, the CIA recruited Oswald in Japan to go over to Russia and spy on the Russians. Oswald went over in 1959 and stayed for three years, and he claimed to be a defector, that he wanted to you know, defect the Soviet Union to stay over there to the aid mm-hmm. of America. Uh, it turns out there was a program in place where the CIA was sending uh, disempo- or impoverished American men over there on the pretense that they hated the United States and they wanted to become communists and serve the USSR and become uh, you know, citizens over there. And uh, documents that have come out recently have shown that uh, Oswald's on the CIA payroll and that he was trained and sent over there to be a spy. Uh, Oswald was seen in Dallas in the weeks before the assassination with a man named David Phillips, who was the head of the CIA's assassination program at the time. Uh, the reason why we know this is because a Cuban who was an anti-Castro exile was there to meet Phillips at this uh, hotel in downtown Dallas, and he came in uh, and a little bit ahead of the appointment schedule, and he, and he saw another man talking with Phillips. And so uh, he waited until they were through talking, and then the man left. He asked uh, Phillips who the guy was he was talking to, and he just said, oh, he's just the guy that's working with us. 
And it turns out that the man was Lee Harvey Oswald, according to this Cuban, because he identified Oswald from photos later on. Um, if that's true, then we have a connection with David Phillips and Lee Harvey Oswald uh, in the weeks before the assassination. Uh, the day of the assassination, according to another researcher, a CIA plane came down to Dallas right mm-hmm. after Kennedy was killed and picked up two men on a deserted road near Oak Cliff where Oswald was picked up for killing Officer Tippett. Uh, two of the men got on the plane, and one of them was supposedly was a lookalike for Oswald or resembled Oswald uh, closely. And this goes into the imposter theory that many researchers have put forth over the years that uh, there was an imposter in Dallas impersonating Oswald in the weeks leading up to the assassination. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, other things that uh, George DeMornschild, who was a wealthy uh, petroleum geologist who was uh, connected with the CIA, became good friends with Lee Harvey Oswald. And according to other researchers, uh, they believe DeMornschild was um, C- the CIA's handler for Oswald, and that's why DeMornschild became friendly with Oswald. Uh, there's lots of lots of evidence that points to the CIA, you know, having a motive to kill the president. Uh, president Kennedy had threatened just to uh, split the CIA into a thousand pieces mm-hmm. and scatter to the winds. He was very upset with the CIA after the Bay of Pigs failed. Uh, he fired Alan Dulles, who was the head of the CIA. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, disenchantment with the, the military and with the CIA about Kennedy's policies and what he was going to do in the future. President Kennedy had uh, told his close advisors that he was going to start a gradual withdrawal of all troops and advisors out of South Vietnam starting in 1964 and 65. And he uh, signed an actual document uh, a week before, several weeks before he was killed. And uh, then, of course, Lyndon Johnson did the exact opposite after he became president. He escalated the war in Vietnam. So there's a lot of uh, evidence that points to the CIA uh, having a motive to get rid of President Kennedy. What do we know about Oswald that that hasn't already been told? Uh, You know, was he in the book depository? Was it an imposter? Uh, What else do we now know about Oswald that we didn't know 50 years ago? Well, Oswald was in the building. There's no question about that. The question is, was he in the window with a rifle? Uh, a lady named Carolyn Arnold, who was a, an employee of the school depository, mm-hmm. uh, signed an affidavit that day uh, where she said she saw Oswald in the lunchroom on the second floor uh, around 12.15, which was 15 minutes before Kennedy was killed. Uh, outside in the in the BB Plaza, there were eyewitnesses who remember seeing a man in the window with a gun on the sixth floor at the same time at 12.15 because there was a Hertz rent-a-car sign on the top of the building. It's not there anymore, but it was there on the day of the assassination and it flashed the time and the temperature. Mm-hmm. So if the timing is correct, and of course that could be wrong, but if the timing is, is correct, then obviously Oswald couldn't be in the lunchroom and on the sixth floor at the same time. Uh, they did a paraffin test on Oswald's face that day uh, to see if there was any gunpowder residue on his face from firing a rifle, and it came back negative. Uh, now that's not 100% conclusive, mm-hmm. but you can't ignore that. Uh, Oswald said he was a patsy when he was arrested, uh, that he was being framed. Um, so, uh, also, Oswald mentioned two people that were in the lunchroom, two other employees that he said were down there, who in fact were down there, and he would not have known that if he'd been on the sixth floor, you know, shooting Kennedy. Was he, um, what do we know about his, his military past? Uh, do we know uh, what he did in the military? And, you know, according to what I've heard before, you know, whoever, if he was to have shot President Kennedy as, as the public is may is is led to believe he would have had to have been one hell of a shot was he uh well he was a he qualified as a sharpshooter he qualified one point over the minimum to be a sharpshooter which is the second level in the marine corps mm-hmm. uh the high level an expert he never qualified as an expert and then when he later retested he, he just barely qualified as a marksman which is the lowest level of uh shooting ability uh it's interesting because uh they've done tests with his rifle over the years uh several uh Expert marksmen have tried to duplicate what he did mm-hmm. uh, using that kind of a gun, uh, shooting from the same height, distance, 
and shooting at moving targets, and they can't do it. Uh, if anybody's done it, they did it with a different rifle, or they were a much better shot than Oswald. Uh, so, you know, his marksmanship's been called into question. Now, a lot of the Marines that served with Oswald testified uh, that he was a poor shot, that they saw him uh, shoot on the range, and he couldn't even hit stationary targets, much less a moving limousine like Kennedy's. So, you know, he was anything but a great shot. We look at the entire scenario about what happened in Dallas. We We know, or we have been told, that... The security people responsible for Kennedy knew that something was going to be happening in Dallas, Texas, and yet they went ahead and allowed the president to go through the, uh, the streets of Dallas in a motorcade well, with the top down. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware, but they uncovered a plot to kill President Kennedy in Chicago uh, three weeks before he was killed in Dallas. Uh, he was supposed to be in a motorcade in Chicago, and they canceled the motorcade because they uncovered a, a, a potential a plot to assassinate him there. He was also uh, there was also a plot to kill him in Miami, Florida, before he came to Texas, and that was uh, uncovered. And uh, they they canceled the motorcade and flew him to the Orange Bowl on a helicopter. So there were other plots that were uncovered before he was killed in Dallas. Uh, so you would think that they would have taken more precaution when he was in a motorcade here in Texas. Exactly, exactly. You know, we, I I don't think there is anybody listening to our interview tonight who, at one time or other, has not seen the the footage of. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald being taken out of the taken out of the courthouse by by the uh, Texas law enforcement officers and Jack Ruby coming out of a crowd and and shooting Oswald in the in the stomach. What do we know about the connection between Jack Ruby and uh, the CIA, if any? Well, uh, I'm, I've done some research on that. Uh, it's not as clear about whether or not he was connected to the CIA as it is mm-hmm. that he was connected to the underworld. Uh, Ruby came from Chicago originally and worked uh, or knew Al Capone was a runner for Capone, and then Ruby came down to Dallas and opened up the nightclub business. Or started up in the nightclub business with the mob's aid. Uh, the first people that visited Ruby after he shot Oswald were mafia people. Uh, before he shot Oswald, he was receiving phone calls from high-level mobsters uh, in the weeks before the assassination. Uh, Ruby hinted after he killed Oswald that there had been a conspiracy. Uh, he just didn't know who was involved, or he wouldn't say who was involved, but he did hint. His exact words were something to the fact that the people who put me in this position are so high up and powerful that the truth will never come out. Uh, he also told his psychiatrist uh, that he was framed into killing Oswald, that he killed Oswald to shut him up. So uh, Ruby was stalking Oswald throughout the whole week, and they have uh, film footage of him uh, in the hallways there as they're putting, leading Oswald down the hallway on Friday and Saturday. So he was definitely interested in Oswald. He was at the midnight press conference Friday night when Oswald was brought down for questioning. Uh, so uh, there's evidence that he was stalking Oswald or following Oswald around, waiting for the right opportunity, maybe to shoot him. Hmm. You, you mentioned briefly before the Tippett murder. Yes. Now that's, uh, you know, how does this work into the grand scheme of things? Well, that's a whole separate murder. Uh, it's controversial. Of course, a lot of people believe that Oswald killed Tippett. I'm not convinced totally that he killed Tippett. I don't know. I mean, uh, there's a lot of evidence that points both ways. Uh, they've done tests uh, where they took, uh, they, they had people walk from Oswald's rooming house to the scene where Tippett was shot and had him walk at a fast trot, and they couldn't even get there in time to shoot Tippett. Uh, there's no evidence that Oswald ever was given a ride to the location where Tippett was shot. Uh, they did a paraffin test on Oswald's hands, and uh, the nitrates did show up on his hands, but they showed up uh, on his palms, more so than on the outside of the hand, which means if he shot a pistol, uh, that's hard to explain yeah. why the nitrates are on the back of the hand instead of the palm area. 
another researcher claims that they took fingerprints off Tippett's car and the fingerprints don't match Oswald. That this this was that the killer put his hands on the car. And I don't know if that's accurate or not. That's something I read. Uh, there was there were different bullets found or different shell casings found at the scene of the crime. Two of them were from a revolver. Two were from an automatic. And Oswald had a revolver. Uh, another policeman, Mac, Officer McDonald, testified, or, or I saw where he testified that uh, that there were no uh, shells, no shells had been fired out of Oswald's uh, pistol. That they were they were all intact shells. So uh, you've got a lot of controversy about this thing. Uh, some witnesses say it was Oswald. Others say that more than one person killed Tippett. Tippett was out of his area of normal patrol, and that's never been satisfactorily explained what he was doing over in Oak Cliff at the time. Um, there's a lot of unknown questions about the Tippett murder, too. Um, another lady claims that two, she saw two men shoot Tippett. So, uh, you know, we just don't know for sure. I mean, some people think it's an open and shut murder. I'm, I'm just not convinced that it's that simple. I don't know if you've... Uh, there was a movie out a couple of years ago, JFK. And I, I was wondering if you saw the movie and, in your opinion, how close to reality was that movie? The JFK movie? Yes, sir. Well, uh, I, I think Oliver Stone did a really good job. I mean, uh, all, all, some of it was fiction. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't. Sure. But I would, you know, I would say, uh, based on my research, about 65 percent, 70 percent of that movie was based on a lot of hard evidence and a lot of hard research. Now, I don't necessarily believe that Clay Shaw was involved in a conspiracy mm-hmm. to kill Kenny, like they portray with uh, Jim Garrison. I mean, I don't know. Shaw was connected with the CIA, it turns out. Uh, but I'm not 100 percent convinced that he was involved in a conspiracy like they portray in the movie, like Garrison thought. I do think David Ferry might have been involved. Uh, he was one of the characters that was played by Joe Pesci, yes. who was a mysterious individual who did know Oswald. Uh, so there was a connection between Ferry and Oswald. And uh, Ferry died suspiciously, by the way, when Jim Garrison was getting ready to bring him in to testify. Mm-hmm. He uh, allegedly committed suicide all, all, you know, all of a sudden when they were getting ready to come get him. So that's another mysterious death. It's suspicious. To your, to your knowledge, uh, Jack, did uh, Jack Ruby ever try to give a story that was totally different from the mainstream stories that we've all heard about the assassination of President Kennedy? Well, he uh, he interviewed with a lady named Dorothy Kilgallen. She was a New York Times reporter. She got the only private interview with Jack Ruby uh, ever behind closed doors, just the two of them. And we don't know what they said or what was said because uh, Dorothy Kilgallen died mysteriously before she could reveal what Ruby told her. Uh, so that's another mystery that we don't know anything about. Uh, like I said earlier, Ruby made uh, hints that there was a conspiracy before he died. He died of lung cancer, although he never smoked. Mm. Of course, you can get lung cancer without having to smoke, but that's uh, usually from smoking cigarettes. And Ruby thought he had been injected with cancer himself. I mean, he made that statement before he died, and he was receiving injections. And I'm not saying he, I'm not saying the CIA injected him with cancer, but um, it's suspicious you know, how he all of a sudden came out with lung cancer. I, 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 I have a problem trying to understand even after all of these years why if they in fact were involved why the cia did this instead of getting an outside contractor with no ties well uh, like i said I, I don't, i'm not saying the cia killed kid i think it was a rogue element of the cia yeah. that did it most likely and they did it without the cia's approval or knowledge uh, i think it was rogue elements that just decided to kill kennedy on their own and that uh, they put the country in an embarrassing position when they did it because uh when they started digging into this, mm-hmm. uh, once Oswald was dead, once they started finding out what I think they found out, that Oswald had been over in Russia, maybe as a CIA agent, that they couldn't tell the American people that. And they couldn't tell the American people that, well, we know another shooter killed him, not Oswald. And so they had to smooth it over and just tell the, the fiction that they've been telling for 50 years that one guy did it and you know he just got killed by another nut. It was just two lone nuts that changed history. That was the official story. And that's been the official story for fi- almost 50 years now. 
Jack Duffy is my special guest, Exonation. Please stand by, Jack. He is the author of The Man from 2063. His website is www.themanfrom2063.com. That's www.themanfrom2063.com. Jack Duffy and I return on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this segment of another look at the assassination of JFK. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. He freed a lot of people, but it seemed good they die young. You know, I just looked around and he's gone. Anybody here? What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I've been looking at people And how they change with the time And lately all I've been seeing are people Growing love All right, welcome back, Exxon Nation. Uh, Jack Duffy is my very special guest this hour. We're talking about Jack's new book. It's out on the market. It's entitled The Man from 2063. And Jack's website is www.themanfrom2063.com. That's themanfrom2063.com. Jack, you mentioned briefly that a lot of other people seem to have been, well, either one way or another, um, died that were that have been associated with this case. Now, I was wondering if you could just give us a little bit more on that. Yeah, one of the most important individuals who died mysteriously was uh, Naval Commander William Pitzer, who took the photos, x-rays, and filmed of President Kennedy's autopsy at Bethesda Naval Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, another researcher uh, in a recent book uh, interviewed a Green Beret who came forth uh, many years later and said that he was uh, uh, told or offered a contract by a CIA agent to kill Pitzer. He didn't know who Pitzer was at the time, and he refused to do it. Uh, and then later on, Pitzer died suspiciously of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, supposedly, the film that he took, the 16-millimeter black-and-white film of the autopsy, disappeared from his lab after he was found dead in, in his lab. And uh, from my understanding, his uh, family doesn't believe he committed suicide. They're suspicious that he was murdered to shut him up. And according to this Green Beret, uh, the, the CIA wanted to kill Pitzer because he was going to go public with, with what, it, what he had observed at the autopsy, and they were scared that that was going to blow the whole case up. And so, so goes the theory that they had him killed. Uh, Hale Boggs, who was a member of the Warren Commission from Louisiana, uh, died in a uh, unsolved, uh, mysterious plane crash in Alaska in the early 1970s. Uh, he was one of the few members of the Warren Commission who didn't want to sign the Warren Report. He didn't agree with his conclusions, but he, he signed it under duress. And he later on made went public and said he didn't agree with their conclusions, that he thought there was more to it than one shooter. And then he died in a plane crash that they've never uh, resolved to this day. Uh, Several uh, mafia characters, Johnny Roselli uh, was murdered in Miami. He was connected with the CIA, and he was supposedly in Dallas on the day of the assassination, from what other researchers have said. Uh, Roselli was getting ready to be subpoenaed to Washington to testify before the House Committee on the assassination, and he was murdered before he could be brought to Washington. They killed him and uh, chopped him up in pieces and dumped him in the bay in Miami. Uh, So that's what happened to him. Uh, Sam Giancana, who was the head of the mafia, in Chicago, uh, was being brought was going to be brought to Washington to testify. He was murdered before he could be brought up to Washington. And another man, Charles Nicoletti, who was a hitman for the mob in Chicago, who was uh, allegedly connected with the assassination, uh, was murdered before they could bring him to Washington to testify. So there were many uh, key people who just died violently all of a sudden. You know, <laughs> so it's yeah. it's all suspicious. You know, 
some people say, well, it was just a coincidence. Well, you can only believe coincidence up to a certain point. Do you think that there will ever be another inquest into the assassination of JFK? Probably not, unfortunately, uh, because I don't know if the public would approve you know, spending the kind of money it would take to, to do a new investigation. Um, I've talked to people who were on the committee in the 70s, mm -hmm. uh, the last committee that did the investigation. It did, by the way, that committee said it was a conspiracy. That was their conclusion. Uh, they said the underworld of the mob was the most likely go. A party that had killed the president, but they couldn't go any further than that. They never did get any deeper about who actually killed him. Um, I would like to see another investigation just to solve this once and for all, because I still think the truth could be elicited, even at this late date. But realistically, it probably will never happen. Jack, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, sir. I wish you much success, and uh, I, have the, I hope I have the opportunity of talking to you again here in the Exxon well, about you. this interesting topic. Well, it's been a pleasure to be on your show today, and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's my great pleasure, sir. Jack Duffy is my guest this hour. He's the author of The Man from 2063, and his website is themanfrom2063.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And once again, I'd like to thank uh, Charlie Barrett for helping make this interview possible. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. <laughs>